Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hey friends, Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America, a very important program tonight and very important day for America tomorrow as President Trump will make a uh, long-anticipated announcement. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, many people are uh, uh, pretty uh, clear about what that announcement will be, uh, announcing another run for the White House, as so many Americans want to see happen. And I want to say something very important uh, to you about that tonight with an announcement of my own. But we also are in the midst of uh, still awaiting all the results of the 2022 midterm elections. Now, because of my schedule, I am pre-taping this episode. And by the time you see it, there may be more things that were decided than I know right now as I'm speaking to you. Uh, but putting, keeping that in mind, as I speak to you, we still do not have the final results verifying that the Republicans have taken over the House of Representatives. Now, according to all analysis and opinion, that is going to happen, and that always has been uh, projected as what is going to happen in this particular race. But of course, we need to actually get it. We need to actually have the results. And brothers and sisters, once we do, we all need to understand that's the big victory in this election. Again, I talked to you about this last week. Stepping back and looking at the big picture, the goal, the main goal in this midterm election was to put a, uh, a firewall, to put a roadblock in front of the left-wing agenda that's been implemented over these last two years and that's been destroying our country in so many ways and that so many people oppose if you have divided government, if you have the House under the control of one party, even though this, the Democrats now got 50 states, 50 seats in the Senate. And by the way, 50 is very different from 51. We'll get back to that uh, uh, later. So Georgia runoff is still crucially important. But if you've got the House under Republican control, well, then legislation can't get through Congress that represents just the interests of one party or the other. Uh, neither party can get their legislation through. And that's not always a bad thing uh, when, uh, as most Americans believe right now, the country's been going in the wrong direction. So you see, that's the big, uh, that's the big prize of, of this election. So the fact that we still don't have those results, of course, that in itself is problematic. What is taking so long? Uh, I mean, now we're not even talking about an entire state uh, getting its vote totals. We're talking about one or another individual congressional district. What can be taking so long in terms of counting these votes? The system has got to be overhauled. It has got to be fixed. It's got to be improved. And that's, of course, one of the big um, takeaways from this election as well. And we're going to be hearing a lot more people say a lot more about that in the days and weeks ahead, because this is just unacceptable. Uh, the, you know, I mean, how long, first of all, how long do you get to keep counting? 
right? I mean, and how long do you get to keep counting? And, and, and secondly, the ballots that haven't been counted or reported on yet, well, there's a few basic questions that we have a right to know the answer to. Where are they? How many more are there? And what's taking so long? Who's doing the counting? And, and, and what are they doing that's taking so long? Okay, so you know this. Let's go to Scripture I want to read a a passage here from Luke uh, 24 um, about the resurrection. Starting in verse 33, They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, where they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the road and how Jesus was recognized by them when they broke the bread. While they were still talking about all this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of sheer joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Let us pray. Father, we are witnesses of these things. Our founding fathers were witnesses of these things, that the Christ should suffer and rise in glory. And we do repent, and we do ask for the forgiveness of our sins. And we do trust in you. Doubts crossed the minds of those apostles on that first Easter night, They had been through some rough days, and yet they saw before them the hope of Israel. They saw before them the salvation of humanity. Do not let doubts prevail in our minds, O Lord. Doubts about the ultimate triumph of good over evil, of righteousness over injustice, of truth over falsehood, of grace over sin of unity in the truth over division. Lord, do not let doubts linger in our minds, but increase our faith in the risen Christ and in the victory that He offers us and that He offers America. We pray through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. The Christ must suffer we too must endure 
the crucible of suffering, rejection, persecution, all kinds of problems. Apparent defeats, temporary defeats, setbacks, obstacles. And one can make a litany, right? We can all make a litany of the many different forms that these obstacles, trials, and sufferings take. We must go through many trials, we read in Scripture. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. The risen Christ is among us, friends. He has not gone anywhere, and his power has not diminished. Let's take a little bit of a more of a look uh, at these elections that are still unfolding, as I say. And then I want to tell you something about an endorsement uh, uh, for President Trump. The um, We dealt with uh, uh, this a little bit uh, the uh, other day. Uh, just to re- re- review this, you know, there was a decent turnout of voters overall in this election, but not a massive one. And it wasn't as as big as the 2018 midterms. So that that may begin to give us a clue of what's going on here. There's a lot of people that didn't turn out. There's a lot of people that, again, as the polls were showing, believed that the country was going in the wrong direction. Of course, they're right. As the polls were showing, disapprove of the job that Biden is doing as president, and they're right. But ultimately, that doesn't win elections. Those are indicators, as we made clear, of the elections going the right way. But the expression of those opinions is not what wins the elections. The actual votes do. So if the people who are thinking that way don't turn up and vote that way, then you've got a problem. So one-third of those, as we pointed out, who believe the country is going in the wrong direction voted to keep in office those who were leading it in the wrong direction. This is going to be a field day for psychologists, not just political analysts. What in the world is wrong with that? I, I believe the country's going in the wrong direction, but those who are leading it there, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep them in. I'm going to vote to keep them in office. We're not acting in a, uh, in a sane manner. Now, something I didn't point out the other day, you may well be aware of this. The polling, uh, again, based on this election, and I was on the on conference calls over these recent days with some of the nation's top pollsters, there's more of us than them, friends. There's more of us than them. While about 26% identified as liberal or progressive, those who identified as conservative were more like 39%. So that's that's an encouraging fact in and of itself. Don't think that the outcome of a lot of the races in this election, and I say a lot of the races, because again, you can't paint with too broad a brush. There were some astonishing victories uh, for us in this election that really should have the Democrats worried and and troubled about the path into the future. Um, But even given that, that does not indicate, that does not mean that there are fewer people on our side than on theirs. doesn't mean that. Moreover, you know, President Trump back in the 2016 election and then the 2020 election as well, vastly expanded the base of the Republican Party, diversified it. You know, historic growth in supports among blacks and Hispanics and the, and the, and the growth among, of support among blacks and Hispanics continue to increase 
in this cycle. In the with the black support, which is usually somewhere between six and ten percent, it was in the low teens instead. And Hispanic support, absolutely unprecedented for four Republican candidates, was like up to about forty percent, and that is that's massive when you look at where the Hispanics have been in the voting patterns uh, prior to that among Catholics. And of course, this is very significant to uh, my particular ministry. Uh, the advantage among uh, uh, for, uh, the advantage for Republican uh, candidates was was ten points, ten percent up of, of among Catholics. We would not be where we are right now. Furthermore, without the influence, without the work, without the accomplishments of President Trump, we wouldn't have the senators that we do have now. Even though we don't have the majority, we would not have. We'd be way, way behind. The people that he has gotten in, uh, including J.D. over in Ohio and uh, Ted Budd over in North Carolina. And by the way, these are key states. The other thing to be looking at here is how this election is shaping the 2024 map. Significant. Florida is, 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 isn't even a swing state anymore. It's so solidly red. North Carolina, the same thing happened. The solid red winds up and down the, the government in that particular state. And of course, Ohio has been more and more reliably red too. Going forth into a presidential race, you've got to look at the swing states. You've got to look at the electoral map. You've got to have strength in those states. And you know what? We do. Not only that, in 2024, the Senate map for the other side is really problematic. The Democrats have a lot of turf to defend. The Republicans will have to, in 2024, defend 10 Senate seats. You know how many of the Democrats will have to defend? 23. That's And, 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 and their, their incumbents in those races, a number of them, it's not even clear if they're, they're going to run again. And then so then you have an added hill to climb when it's an open seat rather than uh, reelecting a, uh, an incumbent. Okay, so tomorrow... Tomorrow, the 15th of uh, November, President Trump is going to make uh, an announcement. He has told us that uh, uh, from Mar-a-Lago, he will have something very important to say uh, for the American people. He has been teasing us at these rallies. I will very, very, very probably have to do it again in terms of running again for president. And there have been a number of people who, in anticipation of that announcement have just come out and said, I'm endorsing President Trump for a, another presidential run. Tonight, I want to do the same thing. I want to add my voice to those uh, who have been saying that. And, uh, you know, I have served, I had the privilege of serving uh, in the 2016 uh, campaign and in the 2020 campaign as an advisor on the Catholic Advisory Board and the pro-life advisory board uh, for the for the presidential campaign. I served in 2020 as the national co-chair for pro-life voices for Trump, and uh, did so uh, proudly. Did so because of my conviction that this was the best thing for the nation, the best thing for the cause for which I work full time: uh, the end of abortion, the, the protection of our unborn brothers and sisters. And good for a lot of other causes, too, that we all believe in. And different people devote themselves uh, uh, to different causes on a, on a, on a full-time basis or, 
or at least on a part-time basis. And there's a lot of things we're all fighting for, ultimately for the greatness of America, for our freedom, for our faith, for our values. And that's why I'm proud uh, to uh, join my voice to this uh, countless Americans, really countless Americans, who are standing strong behind President Trump. Allow me, my friends, therefore, to read for you uh, a statement that I uh, released today about this. It's entitled, President Trump Will Continue Returning Power to the People. In January of 2017, the most consequential and successful presidency of our history was inaugurated with these words. Today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. President Trump's remarks in his inaugural address, January 20th, 2017. Since that time, President Trump has started and led the greatest political movement in the history of America, marked by words that find a welcome home in the heart of every patriot. Make America great again. President Trump's service as president led America to unprecedented heights in our economy, our security, our freedom, our respect for life, our judicial integrity, our role in fostering world peace, and our respect among nations. As scripture says, a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Never has a president accomplished so much while under such unprecedented attack. He has given us an example of self-sacrifice, personally, professionally, and financially, like few public servants have ever done. And despite all the unjust attacks he receives, he is willing to do it again. Speaking as a Catholic priest, I can say he has done more for the church than any president. He has urged the clergy to speak openly and boldly. And personally, I have been more inspired and encouraged by him than by any Catholic leader. For these and many other reasons, and as President Trump prepares to make an important announcement to the American people, I am proud to endorse him for a second term as President of the United States. Many great men and women embrace and fight for his policies, are exemplary public servants, and have my profound respect. But only Trump is Trump. Many can say that they want to make America great again, but only he can say that he actually did it. And that's the best argument, that he can do it again. One must not only have the right positions and the right commitment. One must know how to fight how to win negotiations, how to be creative and decisive enough to achieve the goal on the national and international stage. Time and again, President Trump has been the only one to achieve what past presidents have tried to do but failed. We need him to do it again. President Trump's enemies do not only want him out of the White House. They want him out of the hearts and minds of the American people. We will not allow that. Our movement is committed to educate people about his accomplishments and the philosophy behind them, which has transformed and grown the Republican Party and which has made it clear, as President Trump is the first to say, that this is not about him, but about all of us. He is attacked because he fights for us. That is why I am proud to be among the tens of millions of Americans who stand with him. And that's my statement. 
And brothers and sisters, I know that you, our audience on this program, join in those sentiments as well. And they're more than sentiments. It's an action plan now. And we've got to make sure that everything possible is done to save this great nation. It is a question of saving the nation. It's no longer just a question of electing the right people or putting in place the right policies. It's always been about that. Every election is about that. But this is about saving the nation. And we've got to be as sacrificial, not only as President Trump is, but as our founding fathers were. And that's a pretty sizable commitment. So let's pray. Lord, we ask you for the strength to do what we all need to do to save this nation. We ask you for the strength to be all that we need to be. To unite and educate our fellow citizens and mobilize them as we need to unite and mobilize. And to be willing to withstand the attacks that are absolutely relentless but that will not be victorious. And we join together all our prayers and praises in offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, I referred to it already, but I'll refer to it again. As President Trump tells us, we're part of the greatest political movement in American history. And he'll be the first to tell you, it's not about him. He's fighting for us. It's about us. It's about America. It's about the people having the power to govern ourselves, to defend our values, to educate our children, to secure our communities, to, to flourish in our economy, to grow and to be all that God has called us to be. What's so difficult about understanding and appreciating that? Let's do it because this country doesn't belong to the radicals who want to destroy it. It belongs to us. It belongs to you. So let's be firm, let's be confident, and let's be convinced that the best days of America are yet to come. And that a lot of that is due to that man. And ultimately all of it is due to God himself. God bless you, friends. We'll be with you again uh, as the week goes on. And let's get ready to watch that important announcement tomorrow from President Trump. God bless you all. Father Frank Pavone here from Priests for Life. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.